Are my eyes like super Still red? Crying? Do I look like I'm high? A little bit. <laughs> Just a little high. A little Just higher a little than high. normal. Above average height. I thought one of the kids were crying. Nope. It's all in your head. It's that phantom cry. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I hear it all day long. <laughs> but is it real, though? Is it really phantom cry? Or you just hear him crying all day long? No, sometimes it is really phantom cry. Yeah. Well, it's like, I don't know. My ears have years of training. I'm trying not to sound full of myself. <laughs> But like, <laughs> I use my ears for my job. Like mm -hmm. that is what I do professionally. So, I, I can usually hear them when they're not making very much noise. Yeah, from downstairs, and I mm -hmm. usually hear them before you yeah. do. So, but, but that was definitely a phantom cry. <laughs> that was not real. Anyways. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Good evening. It is a good evening. Madam. It's been a good day. Awesome. The sick has finally passed finally. from our house. It was last Friday that Ollie started getting sick. Yeah. And then it all went downhill from there. Because then Saturday was really it. bad yeah. for him. And then Sunday I went to work in the morning. And it was okay. I like I was I wasn't yeah. feeling a hundred percent on Saturday night. I'm like, oh no, my throat's starting to hurt. Yeah, you were feeling like boo boo. Yeah, but then I got home Sunday, and then it hit. It was bad, and I slept downstairs so that I wouldn't wake up you and Josie. Yeah, and you stayed home Monday and Tuesday. Yay! Well, Monday was New Year's Day. Oh, that's true. So, so you took off often, Tuesday, but I took off Tuesday because which you like. Monday was terrible. Never take off for being sick. No, but I'm trying to get better about that. And just like, like part, part of it is that I recently took a look at my like vacation time at work and I have a bunch of time accrued and I have a ton of sick time because I never take sick time. I just like move my hours around because I have a somewhat flexible schedule at work. Uh, but yeah, I'm like, I need to use these hundreds of hours. <laughs> Maybe not that much, but still. Um, yeah, and I, I need to actually be using the time off that I accrue. Yeah, you do. <laughs> not just when we have babies. <laughs> I take time off when we have babies. But not having a too. baby this year. No, not in the cards. Not, not, <laughs> not what we have planned. Probably not. <laughs> Probably no babies this year. Probably no babies. Yeah, we'll see. Um, but yeah, no, it's been a good day. Actually awesome. got to go outside. Yeah. It was sunny. Yeah. So it wasn't freezing. Awesome. And I mean, we, we I put a lot of layers on Ollie and I, so mm -hmm. it actually felt nice. It wasn't cold. Also, side note for anyone who's not in Texas, it was literally freezing for a few days. Like yeah. Under 30 degrees. So when she says freezing, we actually mean freezing, not yeah. like, oh no, it's 50 degrees outside. Anyways, continue. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, it was nice. But now my eyes are, I don't know if like my eyes are 
burning because I don't know, just allergies or if it's like, or if I'm tired, it's probably both. Yeah, that could be it. So. Yeah. So the sickness kind of threw off our entire week. If, if the um, week off from work didn't throw off our timing, (laughs) Uh, and the perpetual like Saturdays that we had kind of hold up at home because it's been really cold. So we didn't really go out very much. And then everyone got sick. And so we didn't go out and do stuff. Yeah. Well, it was cold and rainy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. So freezing and yeah. Wet. Not not very fun to go outside. Uh, so I enjoyed myself uh, just hanging out at home. That was pretty fun. Not having any responsibilities. I take that back. Not having as many responsibilities. <laughs> Obviously. Still dad. Still uh still got things to do, but No, that was good. Um But especially because of the sickness. Like I wasn't even sure if we were gonna be able to record this week because I have sounded very manly for the past few days. <laughs> Uh, no, I just mean like I've barely had a voice or no, I've had a voice, but it's just been really. Well, yeah, we both sounded really congested, which I'm sure we still both sound a little different. Yeah. You, you might hear some like, uh, breathing noise in this episode or sniffing because (laughs) our noses are not, uh, 100% back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. But we feel much, much much better. better. Like, what was it? Oh, yeah, it was Tuesday because I did end up going into work for like two hours. Um, But by Tuesday afternoon, I was feeling better. Like I was on the upswing. Monday was terrible. And man, after you're sick that day when you're better, you just feel like a million bucks because you're just like, I don't have to lay on the so much better that you're going to grill outside in the freezing weather. I did that. And it was pretty awesome. I just, hey. Hey, I just set if the you grill couldn't hear my eye roll there. on the back patio and I started the fire and then I was inside most of the time behind the glass sliding door and just kind of like watching it and sauteing some veggies on the stove. So, and it was delicious and you're not sick again. So, so it worked out. So it was for the best. <laughs> you were wrong. <laughs> Anyways. Wrong, yeah. wrong, wrong. No, but anyways, I, I meant to say that, or all that to say is that I wasn't even sure if we were going to be able to do this because uh, I wasn't sure if we were going to be able to talk. Yeah. Although. And uh, we haven't really like talked about Talking about things. Exactly. <laughs> so we didn't really have a subject and I don't know. I don't Like now is just the best time to record so mm-hmm. I was just like, set up the mics. We'll just talk. Crazy. Even though we don't really have a subject. Crazy concept. <laughs> just talk to each other. <laughs> That's kind of the point, isn't it? I mean, yeah. Maybe. But yeah. Is it? Yes. Yes, it is. That's the point. So what's been going on? What do you want, what, what do you want to talk about? What's interesting? What's an interesting little tidbit in the life of Samantha? Um. Well... So I I have never done New Year's resolutions. Mm-hmm. I don't really like that word, resolutions. I don't know why, but but I did set a lot of goals for myself this year. Yeah, because 
it's good to set goals for yourself. I think we talked about that last time. <laughs> um, but I'm actually taking our own advice. <laughs> <laughs> for once. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that was really okay. passive aggressive. I didn't mean that towards you. I meant that in general. Like, that was a joke. Sorry. Anyway. For both of us, not just for you. Um, so I sat down and made a list on Monday um, for myself, just some goals to be more productive and yeah. Basically, that was the gist of it to be more productive, but sweet. Um, so I want to like memorize some scripture and I won't go through the whole list, but just, you know, stick to like a cleaning schedule and do my mom and thing better and my wifey thing better. So, mm-hmm. um, but it's been really good. I, in hindsight, I probably shouldn't have made a list and try to stick to it while I was really sick. Yeah, um, that kind of that threw didn't make everything sense. off <laughs> through all of, I mean, like that definitely made all the neighborhood fireworks more annoying on Christmas or Christmas on New Year's Eve because I was sick and Ollie was sick and yeah. it's like, uh, this, this stinks because it's illegal. They shouldn't be doing it. But at the same time, I get it. You're having fun. You yeah. want to celebrate. Like it's just really annoying because we're all sick and we're all trying to rest. And but thankfully, they didn't seem to last as long no, this year. Not nearly as because long it as was past. like 27 degrees yeah. outside. Yeah, that's part of it. <laughs> that's part of it. Don't want to get frostbite. Not that you can get frostbite, that cold, but <laughs> you know, it's Texas. We don't know what we're doing when it comes to cold. Everything else, though, yeah. The anyway. Texas pride is strong. Um, so yeah, just been trying to stick to that sort of. Yeah, it's it. I haven't stuck to it completely just because I. You're sick. Okay, for instance, been needing to get more rest. Yeah, exactly. You you put a time when you should wake up every morning so that right. you can start doing stuff. No, you sleep through that alarm because. You're not feeling well and right. your body needs to sleep. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I did the same. Not that I resolved to sleep. Or like uh, on Tuesday instead of, I don't know what I assigned myself for on Tuesday, but I went and took a nap with Josie instead because I needed the rest. Boom. That's but, cool. The uh, resolutions can be guidelines or not resolutions, but like, I don't know. What, what did you call them? Goals. Goals. There you go. They can be guidelines when you're sick. Or you could just totally blow them off when you're sick. That's fine too, because <laughs> you're sick, and your body needs the rest. Just make sure you don't blow off your kids, because that that's <laughs> kind of a higher priority. Yeah, um, but no, today I was feeling much better, so I actually like did the things on my list. <laughs> Getting it done. <laughs> um. But yeah, so there's that. Um, one uh, Well, one of my goals was to read, I think, what did I put down? Like 15 books this year, something like that. Dang. Um, we'll see if I exceed that. That probably doesn't sound like very much to a lot of people, but I don't know. Being a stay-at-home mom and all my other responsibilities that I have, that 
is just a realistic number for me. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think that's a small number. Like, if you don't, I don't know, unless you're a reader, like, that's, I think it's pretty ambitious. Okay. Well, we'll see. I mean, I'm liking it so far. Yeah. And Hoopla makes it so much easier. What a library is awesome. Yes. Hoopla. Audiobooks are awesome. <laughs> Get that app. Um. So yeah, I've been listening to <laughs> back that app. Up. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyways, um I've been listening to um a book by Gloria Furman called Treasuring Christ While Your Hands Are Full. I think that's what it's called. Okay. Um and oh my goodness, it's been amazing. So she also wrote Missional Motherhood, which I had listened to on Hoopla oh, yeah. a while back. Um which was also incredible. Um, but yeah, I've just, I've been listening to it mostly while I'm like, I don't know, doing dishes or just. Being a mom. Yeah. Getting breakfast ready <laughs> for the kids, like just doing stuff. Or your own breakfast. Yeah. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. I do eat. Yes, I do. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I said that. But it's been so One encouraging. Week since you me. It's been so encouraging, so uh, convicting, and really inspiring. Um, and I would just really recommend it to any any moms out there who have young children. It's such a good book. I mean, I've felt convicted by it, and the Holy Spirit has sanctified me through it already, and I've only been listening to it for a few days, and... I'm only, well, now I'm like nine chapters in, but it's just awesome. Sweet. That's cool. So good. So good. That's cool. So yeah, you've been reading some too, haven't you? Yeah, a bunch of stuff actually. Uh, the whole the whole break has been, I, I've actually kind of intentionally not done much of anything for the break. And so that's left a lot of time of just like recreation. I, mean, I noticed. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, <just> like, <laughs> like there are things that I could have done. I could have worked on other projects and I decided not to intentionally just, just so that I could like, uh, not play Mario all day long. When I was sick. Yes. <laughs> yeah. When I was sick. Um, but actually, I don't know if you noticed, I did not play video games for like five days intentionally. After I beat that one game, I said, I'm not going to play video games. I'm going to do other stuff around Has the house. Has it been five days since you played Mario? No, no. After, not that game. The one before oh. that, that I was <laughs> okay. playing on PlayStation. Yeah. Gotcha. So I played that one for a while and then Sorry. I beat it. And so I was like, I'm not going to. Like the, during the break, I'm not going to spend my time playing games um, until I get other stuff done. But then during the break, I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to work on other projects. I'd rather like spend this time just relaxing, basically just recreating um, because I can like, there aren't very many times when this is possible. So it's a, that's what I'm going to do. Um, so I, I have been reading a lot. 
actually, uh, different audiobooks as well as like actual physical reading a book. Uh, it's crazy what school has done to me. Like I'm able to actually read now <laughs> because I was forced to read a bunch for school. And now it's like, oh, cool. I can pick up something I want to. And and like the reading that I did for school, I really enjoyed too. So I don't mean it as a bad thing, but it just got me in the habit of reading again. Um, in addition to the audiobooks that I've been reading. Anyways, um, yeah, so I started with a leadership book by Albert Moeller, uh, and that was really good. It, it's kind of funny because um, Sorry. It, it came at the time, like I was listening to it over uh, like New Year's, New Year's Day, like around New Year's, after Christmas, around New Year's. Um, and the book is called Conviction to Lead. And so it talked a lot about, um, like really, uh, lead, yeah, basically leading out of your convictions. And, uh, so th- then it, it, he just kind of built up different principles of how to lead and how to like, like things that you should do to kind of build that resolve and that confidence and that conviction. And, um, especially as Christians, so around New Year's, it, it was just interesting because like, you know, we had talked about making resolutions and setting priorities and things like that. And that's a, a big bulk of what the book was about, of like aligning your life to your convictions, mm-hmm. basically. So like setting priority um, and really thinking about those things and then living out of that and then the leadership that comes out of that as well. So um, it just kind of like all coalesced together so that was a good book it was pretty short um but it had some really good practical tips in it um what did i read after that then i read you finished uh shepherding a child's heart yes and i talked about that last week did you yeah i don't remember i don't remember last week sorry oh i honestly i don't even remember what we talked about last week what did we talk about (laughs) i don't remember we talked about New Year's resolutions. Oh, yeah, we that's right. About, that's right. Uh, you had brought up, what did you want to talk about? I don't remember. I have a terrible memory, you guys. It's awful. Crud. Because we named it after. I think the children have like killed my brain cells. The children. It's the children's fault. It's the children. These children that you've given me. Okay. We'll figure it out. Expectations. Um, that's what it was. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, well, what did you expect? Oh, so yeah, other books that one from or what's his to be? What's his face? Aziz Ansari. Ansari. Yes, I did read that one, uh, in two days. (laughs) (laughs) What was it called? Really quickly, Modern Romance. That's right. So that was an interesting book because it is. Uh, it, it's cool because Aziz actually reads the audiobook, and so like he makes some little asides here and there. But like he can deliver the comedic lines in the book because it's him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so those parts were great. It was so it's called Modern Romance, right? And so I had heard that it was like based on research that he had done, and so I went into it not thinking that it was gonna be a comedy type book. But it was really comedic. Like it was, he spun everything into a joke, basically. Um, 
Well, it's, it's about, about sort of like online dating, right? That was one of the chapters. And okay. so it does, it does focus a lot on that simply because of the current like trends in dating in general and relationships have a lot to do with technology. Mm. Uh, so that is a big portion of it, but that's not necessarily what it's all about. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, that's what it is, is basically relationships and dating and, and what it looks like today. And so comparing it to the past and comparing it to other, uh, a couple other cultures that he talked about were like, uh, oh gosh, I don't remember. Was it, he mentioned Brazil, but he mentioned France, or he talked about, uh, France, the dating scene in France and then in Japan as well and how different things were. And so, um, it was interesting. It was funny. It was interesting. Um, he makes a lot of like his conclusions that he comes to. I disagreed with a lot of them because he comes from a place of like autonomy, you know, like, so, so his morals are not the same as mine. Right. Because I get my morals. I decide what's good and bad based on what God has said, Mm -hmm. not based on, how I feel. Right. So some of his conclusions were just completely ridiculous to me. Um, Like one in particular, like he talked, he talked about like cheating towards the end of the book and um, basically how there have been like studies. And this one um, scientist that he talked to said that basically like, well, uh, the relationship between men and women is not is never naturally monogamistic like like humans are not naturally made or do not naturally only um have a relationship with one person like have an intimate relationship basically only have sex with one person um and that like naturally your natural inclination is to have sex with multiple people Ew. and so like to force them to be faithful to only one person for their entire life when both people change is unnatural. And so like they came... That's so ridiculous. Well, right. They came at it from a naturalistic point of view where it's like, no, I I see those facts and I agree that we don't naturally only have an attraction to one person our entire life or only want to have sex with one person our entire life. Not naturally, but that's because because our nature... Exactly. We have a sin nature. It was like that at one time. Mm-hmm. Granted, I don't think Adam and Eve ever, ever got the chance before they sinned because <laughs> there were no other humans. Uh, don't want to go there. Um, so, so, anyways, I thought the facts that he presented were very interesting, even if I interpret those facts totally the opposite of how he does, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but it did bring up a lot of things. I, this is going to sound really like full of myself and I apologize to all (laughs) of our, um, uh, single listeners. If there are any of you out there, I don't know. Um, but I apologize in advance. I am so glad that I'm married and I don't (laughs) have to put up with the ridiculousness that he describes in this book. Like people are crazy. Tinder. Well, I mean, that's that's the tip of the iceberg. I just mean the way that, especially men talk to women. I mean, obviously I'm not a woman, so that doesn't happen. But like online, the crap that happens. But just the, um, 
ah, it, yeah, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. And I'm glad I never had to deal with that whole dating scene. And I say, I say it's ridiculous. Okay. Um, hypothetically, if I was 29 and not married to you, I would not know. So, so we got married, you know, like two years out of high school. So you're still in this, you know, we were in college. Mm -hmm. We were still in social situations with people our age. Mm -hmm. Uh, for we were forced into those social situations just because we were going to school, right? But at 29, you don't have that same pool of friends and you don't have that same like community of people that are around you that are your same age. Now, again, I interpret that as, hey, God made us for community and we find that community in like church among mm -hmm. other Christians. Now, granted, you should definitely have friendships outside of church definitely <laughs> um but i think the church is there for community right and, and so that's that's where you find that community right um but if you don't have that like you're kind of just floating out and the people you, you know less and less and less people your age and so you get for lack of a better term desperate to find people your age and so you start looking in sleazy places and it's just like that's terrible. I, I'm glad that I have not been put in that situation. That I, <laughs> I'm glad I got married young, you know? Yeah. Um, so anyways, it, it, it was interesting. There was a lot of stuff that he brought out that I just hadn't thought about. And I think it will, and I, again, I apologize. I've probably been very, um, uh, not very gentle in the way that I've described this and my own personal feelings towards <laughs> it because I don't have to deal with it. But, but I do think it's, it's good to know for my friends who are single, you know, and how to relate to them. And, you know, we've grown so close over the past nine years that mm -hmm. like, I don't know what I'd be without you. Right. I know that sounds so cheesy romantic, but, <laughs> but like, no, like I seriously don't know who I would be. Well, today. Right. I mean, we we were twenty when yeah. we got married. Yeah. Like we were babies. Like we've we've just grown so much with each other. Exactly. That yeah. it's hard to imagine who I'd be apart from you, right? And at the same time, like how I would seek out someone in that. Yeah, it's so I, weird. I know that the whole online dating thing has has been a thing for quite some time, mm -hmm. but I've just never really been able to wrap my brain around it. Like I'm, I like I I am just now starting to be okay with making friends on the internet who I haven't actually met. <laughs> um, so thought of like trying to pers like trying to find someone on the internet who I would want to like pursue a romantic relationship with is yeah. just like kind of freaks me out like I'm like I don't know, I don't know. especially <laughs> when it's not organic like we met each other just as friends right and so it we were in like, high school yeah we were in youth group <laughs> yeah and it just grew into a romantic relationship yeah. whereas like I can only imagine a bunch of again uh, I can't think of another way to say this but a bunch of thirsty like 20 year olds who are like intentionally on a certain website to find another 20 year old 
who wants to be in a romantic relationship. You know, like it seems like a recipe for disaster if you're not careful. Like you have to be super selective. Yeah, and competitive. Yeah. It seems like. Right, right. Both at the same time. Yeah. And it, I mean, one of the things that he does talk about, I was actually surprised that he's not um, pessimistic about technology. Like he's very optimistic about the way that technology connects people. Mm-hmm. And I totally get that. Like, like he talks about how, you know, 50 years ago, a lot of the people that he talked to that were that got married 50, 60 years ago, um, basically got married to someone who lived very close to them. Uh, you know, he was one out of like six guys that she knew and they just decided to get married, you know, like, like you basically don't have very many options. And so you just go with what you have kind of a thing. And so you have two people who may, um, I was going to say are not compatible but that. I don't like that terminology who have a lot of differences between them. And, but they just got married because like it was the closest out of all the friends that they had, you know? Um, and so being able to find someone who is more like you or has, excuse me, has similar interests as you. I don't think you should marry someone just like you because that's narcissistic. <laughs> but um, to, to find someone who has similar interests um, didn't same happen convictions. as much. That, yeah. that too. Mm-hmm. But that didn't happen as much 50, 60 years ago as it happens today because you can't um, filter because you don't have as wide of a pool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he was very optimistic about technology in general. However, um, he also brings out basically how, for lack of a better term, people are fake online. Oh, yeah. You know? So, like, you ought to actually physically go out and meet the person as soon as possible to get an understanding of who the person is. Because if you're just going by, uh, say, Tinder, just their profile picture, like... um. Yes, we are and all initially superficial. Like even even in real life, if you go to a bar, you're going to talk to the person you're attracted well, yeah, to. Well, yeah, because right? you want to make the best first impression you can. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so, so not to say that attractiveness or seeing someone at first glance is definitely that is what you go off at first. But like if that's all you have, <laughs> then... Um, you're going nowhere fast. You know, right. that's a recipe for disaster. Um, well, so it, you meet the person in, in person to actually find out who the person is instead of just their profile of yeah. who they think they are. Well, it's, it's interesting just in general, like not even just with dating, but just in general, how like technology has shaped how we, talk to each other Mm -hmm. and how our relationships are formed because it's also like i mean we're a part of like a million different reformed groups on facebook like it's really easy to find like-minded people on the internet yeah um and to develop friendships and close friendships right off the bat because you have so many of the same convictions Mm -hmm. um and beliefs um, so it's really hard to create that community on the internet or sorry, it's so much easier to create that community on the internet than it is out like in your own neighborhood. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of a modern dilemma. And that that's one thing that I even noted, I uh, have a little note on my phone to kind of mention um, about that whole idea. Yeah, even just outside of dating, just making friends. Because on the internet, uh, okay, okay, I'll, I'll start here. In the book, he talked about how a lot of modern, like teenagers that he talked to um, will will claim that they have social anxiety and that it's very hard for them to talk to people in real life, but they can text all day. Mm-hmm. You know, they can get on Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp or Snapchat or whatever. Because you're detached. All day. Right. But actually talking, like, eye-to-eye contact is not common for teenagers. That's um, so weird. Yeah. In face face groups, <laughs> in focus <laughs> groups that he set up, um, he would he would have kids like teenagers come in with their parents and naturally the room separates so one side of the room are parents and one side of the room are teenagers just like naturally that's what happens and he said the parents by the time like he intentionally had them wait out in the waiting room you know like 10 15 minutes whatever the parents would eventually like all be talking with each other and just chatting about you know making small talk while every single one of the teenagers just had their phone out mm-hmm. and were staring at their phone. Um, and that's really interesting. Th- things like that I, fi- I found were the most interesting thing about this book of how technology has affected us and how um, like, because of the connections that we can make through a phone, through you know texting, through Facebook, whatever, um, it can have adverse effects on the relationships that we have in real life. Uh, and that, that's the danger. Now, the the upside to that is that you can, um, you know, keep up with people online, that you can actually cultivate those relationships online in addition to uh, face-to-face contact. Mm-hmm. Um, but it if you swing too far to one end. Right. You know, one of the things about um, talking to someone on the internet or through text message is that you have time to stop and think about what you're going to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to, you don't blurt out the first thing that comes to your mind. Well. Most of the time. <laughs> most of the time you don't. It's not like being in a real life situation. Also, one thing that you mentioned is that you can say something to someone without having to look them in the face. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, th- this book's about dating. He talked a lot about um, how it's actually pretty common for teenagers to like hook up and or, sorry, I use that term. I just mean become boyfriend and girlfriend. I know like reading this book, I understand that means having sex. That's not <laughs> what I meant. Um, Cause you can't do that over phone. Um, the, the, sorry, start to start boyfriend relationship, uh, boyfriend girlfriend relationship, and to break up over text message is not uncommon, and it's not looked down upon among teenagers nowadays, which is crazy to me because I'm well, just like that. Actually, kind of makes sense because the I would think that the relationship itself isn't really a commitment, so to end it over a text message wouldn't be that big of a deal. Uh, 
No, that's that's not the angle that they were coming from in the book. In the okay. book, the angle was the relationship you that teenagers are talking are like being more real with each other over text message and more they feel more comfortable sharing their thoughts and emotions and and like the deeper parts about themselves over a text message because they don't have to look someone in the face that that type of for lack of a better word intimacy through texting because you can share that stuff over texting then sharing like heartbreaking things over texting just comes naturally does that make sense Hmm. it's only to the older generations like us that that sounds disrespectful yeah yeah (laughs) disrespectful yeah did i not say that right i don't know uh but yeah disrespectful and rude and Mm -hmm. just like say it to my face you jerk Mm -hmm. like you don't have the the guts to like just tell me that you don't want to be with me you know um so so that was really interesting to me the way that the way that teenagers communicate and and i get it like i get that tendency i'm much more comfortable texting someone than i am talking over the phone or talking face to face unless you're a close friend um so i i understand that idea and i understand like that is one of the the upsides of being able to te- being able to think through what you're going to say being able to think through a comment on facebook and rewrite it a few times before you actually hit send you know that that's the good thing about that unfortunately if that's all you ever do for social interaction then when you're put in a position where you have to make a decision to actually talk to someone to actually look at someone in the eyes and communicate um you can't do it Right. Because you don't know how to function like that. Um, and it was it was just really interesting because it reminded me, and I mentioned this to you last night, um, I was thinking about it, just this idea of like communication, of disembodied communication. So like we as humans were made to be able to communicate with each other. I mean, we see that early in Genesis, you know, like uh, the Tower of Babel where everyone communicates to create this tower that goes up to heaven and God thwarts their plans by having everyone speak different languages. Mm-hmm. They can no longer communicate with each other. And not to say that other forms of communication are bad, obviously, you know, like letters and, and even, you know, communication through text message or whatever. There are other forms of communication than face-to-face interaction, but that's our most basic right. form of communication and so much communication and the most in, the most intimate yes and so much because so much of that communication isn't just the words um it's the it's it is the eyes the facial expressions what you I, i'm talking with my hands a lot <laughs> over the course of this podcast i know you guys can't see it obviously but that's that's part of how i communicate mm-hmm. that's how i express myself that's how i um, try and get my point across. You can see it in just the expressions that I make with my face. And I intentionally do that. And sometimes I unintentionally do that mm-hmm. too. Um, but there, yeah, there's so much more about that. And it, it just reminds me how important um, our whole bodies are. And, and to think of us humans as holistic beings um, when we communicate through text message, a lot of that is communication through our minds, right? Because we have to filter through our mind in order to type. 
Um, it's not purely, obviously it can be emotional communication, but it has to filter through our minds in order to put that communication into words. Whereas like if we're talking in person and you start tearing up, Mm -hmm. you're communicating to me without words. Right. Um, because, because your body naturally, uh, reacts to your emotions and your thoughts. Well, and things can be misunderstood so easily through a text message Mm -hmm. because you're not listening to the person's voice. You're not able to see the look on their face to really know what they're trying to convey. Yeah. And it's interesting too. It just hit me. We started reading Job Mm -hmm. as, uh, as a family in our family worship. And it just, it just reminded me of how the first thing that Job's friends do when they show up is they sit and mourn with him. They don't even talk like that. That shows the deep commitment of their friendship of just mourning, like not even saying anything, just being there with him in body um, and emotionally being there for him means so much. And when I was thinking about this, I I was just reminded, you know, it was just Christmas. And that was when God embodied himself, when he wrapped himself in flesh and came to earth, uh, when Jesus came as a human. And how that shows the importance of our bodies Mm. and shows the importance of God. God has given us his scripture and obviously his scripture is of the utmost importance, but even more so than that, Jesus came as a human. He didn't just give us his words. He came in bodily form um, to communicate with us in a body. It shows how important in the way that we could best understand. Yeah. Yeah. So just thinking about these things, and how important it is to to view humanity humans in a holistic way. I you know, I find it easier just to text someone and see how they're doing, but it's good to it's good to talk. It's good to visit. Right. Well, you know? it's funny. I wonder if like I don't know, I wonder if people these days would even appreciate someone like coming and like sitting with them. Mhm. Or if it would just be awkward because that's not the interaction that they're used to. Yes. Uh, I I don't know. I w- I'd push back. I'd say innately it shows that you care. Oh, definitely. And it communicates. I'm, I'm not, I'm, you should do that. I'm mm-hmm. not saying you shouldn't. I'm just wondering, like, have we gone so far that, like, I don't know, that that would be odd. Yeah. That the physical interaction, it may be odd, but I would say as Christians, it shows our love. It shows that, you know, even if it is awkward, it shows that there's something about us that's different and we value our bodies because God has created them and he's, he's made us this way. So... Anyways, I found that really interesting in this like comedic <laughs> conversation book about relationships, you know, um, and things like that are what I pull out from from all kinds of books. I know I've said it before, but I I just encourage you to even the, the stuff that you you can read that you do agree with is fantastic. Don't get me wrong; you ought to read 
a lot about what you agree with so you can learn why you believe what you believe. <laughs> yeah. But it's also good to, to kind of get out of that sometimes and to be able to evaluate what someone's saying uh, and disagree with it is good because then you it, also you understand what you believe and why you believe it as well. There was a ton of stuff in this book that I disagreed with mm-hmm. um, because I just come from a completely different worldview because God is, um, I am under God. Right. <laughs> God is my authority. Right. And so he tells me what is right and wrong. Um, but when it's purely based on feelings and what, you know, what you want, if you're an autonomous being with no one above you and no one below you, then you can make whatever decisions you want. And your mora- morality is whatever you say it is. Yeah. So I enjoyed reading it. It wasn't, it wasn't, yeah, I disagreed with a lot of it, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It was funny. <laughs> Sorry, I'm probably going to talk funny. like him now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the Tom language Haverford. warning. There was, there was a bunch of language. Oh, well, it's not constant, yeah, it's but it's, yeah, it's in there. There there was a lot of vulgar stuff too. I mean, you're talking about dating and relationships. It's just a given. There's a lot of talk well, about sex. Well, he kind sex. of is in his stand up anyway, so. I I wouldn't say it was over the top though. It was it wasn't as bad as you'd think. There were just there were just parts where it's just like oh, that's gross, you know. So yeah, it's funny, it's interesting, a lot to think about. To think about the world that we live in and right. the implications of that in relationships in general, not even necessarily dating, but but also to kind of take a peek into that world. I know I've got friends. I've got single friends that. Gosh, I mean, it's just got to be really hard. And I've, I've, I can think of one in particular that we've gone out for drinks, and I've talked with him about it, you know, and and he's told me how difficult it is to find someone legitimate and not just looking for, looking for a good time, <laughs> you know. So, anyways, that's my rant. I'm end it there. That's your happy rant. Hey <laughs> dun dun dun. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. Have you uh, indulged in anything else beside that Gloria Furman book that you found interesting, uh, worth talking about? Yeah. Before I go on a second happy rant. Uh, sorry, happy on. Oh, I'm so tired. Okay. Um. What else have I been reading? Well, I've been studying Romans, and that's been really awesome. Just going, using that um, R.C. Sproul commentary, and just going section by section, slowly. Mm-hmm. It's been really awesome. I'm in the second chapter now. Nice. How long has it been? <laughs> two, uh, three weeks? Two weeks, I think. Two weeks. Um, but that I haven't been reading it every day, so okay. that's partially why it took that long. Um, gotcha. But yeah, sorry, I'm trying to gather my thoughts right now, and all I can think of is that I really just want to close my eyes. Um, <laughs> don't do it. I'm so tired. Um, 
So like the first two chapters in Romans, Paul's just sort of like laying out um, how awful everyone is basically. (laughs) (laughs) Like how sinful we are and how we um, just repress who God is. Um, and you know, he, in chapter, the, at the beginning of chapter two, like he's specifically calling out, um, the Jews for being hypocrites, um, against the Gentiles, um, because they have the law and the Gentiles don't, Mm -hmm. and the Gentiles are like basically living out the law throughout their through their own conscious conscience um and you know the jews are condemning the gentiles yet sinning as well Mm -hmm. um so one thing that rc just sort of touched on was um just sort of explaining how like this is how we have to like bring the gospel to people is we have to tell them about their sin first and what that leads to. Okay. Um, before we can tell them the good news because otherwise, like what are you, what are they being saved from? Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, so, so that's been on the forefront of my mind too. And then also I listened to doctrine and devotion today and they had Steve McCoy on there talk. He was talking about fatherhood, but, um, something that he mentioned was that, um, you know, like you have to tell your children that they're broken. You have to explain to them, you know, why they disobey, you know, Mm -hmm. why they sin. It's because their hearts are wicked. Um, like you, you can't give someone the gospel without the law. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I even That's quoted good. that and posted it on Facebook today. Oh, did you get any dislikes? No, that doesn't happen. No, that doesn't happen. Facebook is all positive. <laughs> 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 Oy, not true. Um. Yeah, and especially it's it's funny the the parallel with raising children is apt because they have to yeah they have to understand that they're a sinner just like I mean the, the yeah the non-believer has to agree that they're a sinner they have to understand that what they do is wrong but, yeah which they know that mm-hmm. what they're doing is wrong right but they repress god so much yeah that they've justified it in their own heads yeah yeah putting myself in that category as well because mm-hmm. i'm very good at justifying my sin <laughs> yeah yeah we are <laughs> that's how it goes dang well I, I think actually that's probably a good segue is that something that i had written down and that i forgot to bring up um when i was talking about uh, it, it actually came from Conviction to Lead by mm. Al Molnar. A quote that he said in there that I was like, dang, that's actually really good. But it was um, it was describing Christianity as a long obedience in the right direction. 
Mm. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. I like that a lot because it just kind of emphasizes like sanctification and how um, how we don't always see day by day what's happening um, and how we don't always see it's not like the big milestone moments that necessarily always change our life. It's also like the day to day doing the right thing mm -hmm. that changes us. Um, but I liked that quote a lot. And then he said who, who had written that quote and it was Eugene Peterson. And I was like, that's really cool because I think it kind of goes back to what I, I said earlier that even people that I, don't look very highly upon um, can say some really good things. Like basically don't write someone off because you disagree with something mm -hmm. that they do. Uh, do you know who Eugene Peterson is? That name is so familiar. He wrote the message. That's why he's so familiar. Yeah, he's a pastor. Um, and yeah, he, he wrote the message Bible, Bible version of the, no, not version uh, commentary you know, exactly yes we've said it before i consider that more of a commentary of the bible his interpretation um so yeah even though i even though i i don't necessarily find the message helpful very often uh, i think it has its place as a commentary but i really don't like how it's marketed as a bible um he has some really cool things to say and so like yeah again just don't write someone off even if you disagree even if something goes off in your head i mean unless you're a complete heretic yeah, there's there's a difference between him like i would never suggest reading a book by benny hinn okay or joel osteen yeah but but the thing people that you disagree with you can still read and um, try to evaluate what they have to say. That's all I'm trying to say. I thought it was really cool because I really like that quote. I think it's super cool. You'd be surprised at what God can redeem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And with that, man, oh man, one of my, if I haven't made it clear on the podcast, one of my favorite authors is C.S. Lewis. And um, there are things that he believed about Christianity that I find her pretty out there um but that's okay he was such a brilliant writer <laughs> i'm reading this book right now and i had started it a year ago actually um but there's this book called planet narnia that is by uh his name is michael ward he was i he has ties to lewis like i think he worked with him or something like that i don't know i don't i don't quite remember because when i first when i first heard about it it was an interview on a podcast that he had done and he talked about his connection with lewis and i don't remember what it was anyways he's written this book where he proposes his theory about what lewis uh, basically, the framework of Lewis's Narnia books. So, a lot of literary critics, I mean, people in general, but particularly literary criti critics, don't understand what Lewis was trying to do throughout the seven books in the Narnia series. Like, why seven? Um, some of them just feel really 
kind of out there and like they didn't necessarily need to be like why put it in narnia why not just make this a separate work of fiction why what is the thread that ties them all together thematically because some of them feel vastly different than other ones mm-hmm. and michael ward in this book proposes that it has to do with the medieval uh view of the planets and I know that sounds really weird. And honestly, I was pretty skeptical when I started this book. I'm like, this seems like a bunch of disparate themes that you're trying to pull together. But as he explains it more in the book, it is fascinating, the things that he sees in in these books. Now, uh, if I can take a detour for a second, uh, one thing about this book that I absolutely love is that it it just takes a deep deep look into these books that I have been reading since I was a child. You know, I've read the Narnia series. Sorry. Probably a dozen times um since I was a kid. And I absolutely love them. Um Lewis is just such a great writer. He he's so concise in these stories, but he just tells them so well. He's really good at imagery. Yeah, and they're all so interesting. You're always engaged. Um, there's always something happening. There's not wasted. There's nothing wasted. Um, and th- they're just so interesting. They take you along this ride. These stories are, are so engaging. Um, and so I've always loved them as stories. And obviously you see some Christological pictures. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is the most mm-hmm. obvious. But, um, but the stories themselves are so good. I've always loved The Magician's Nephew. I love how otherworldly it feels like traveling in between these worlds and mm-hmm. these kids who don't know what they're doing and working with powers that are so far beyond them. Um, so I've always loved these stories, but the way that Mr. Ward picks apart the stories and goes so deep into them and takes a look at all the imagery that Lewis uses you see how um, how delicate Lewis was with words and how exacting he was with all of his imagery throughout these books, which just blows my mind. And so it's fascinating to see what he has to say about each of these books and how it pertains to each of the planets. Now, I know you're saying, like, there aren't seven planets. What are you talking about? And it has to do with the... Um, the medieval view of the planets. So it, I don't know them offhand, um, but I believe, uh, what's it started? So there's, there's Jupiter, Mars, the sun, the moon, Mercury, Saturn, and Venus, I think are all of them. Something like that. So, so it has to do with, um, with, and something that Lewis was really interested in were myths. Um, he loved the stories of ancient myths. So, like, he was really into, like, Viking lore to Greek mythology. Um, so it's a combination of all these different things of poetry and and the way that these images were used, the different Greek gods, you know, they, that were named after the planets. And, and so the planetary figures the things that are associated with these certain planets that he imbued into his stories, um, 
Michael Ward brings out that they were always there. Every time Lewis mentions a specific planet in some poetry he's written or the space trilogy that he wrote or Narnia, they always have these certain themes running through them. And so you take a look at each one of the books of the Narnia series and you see that the primary themes of each planet is in each book separately, which is just amazing. Um, so my, my mind is being blown as I'm reading it <laughs> and I'm absolutely loving it. And again, I started off kind of skeptical, like, I don't know, this is real. He's just kind of fitting this in here. But as I've read more, I'm just like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. And it shows the um, just the attention to detail that Lewis had when he was putting these stories together. It's pretty amazing. So I highly recommend it. But Cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Also, man, oh man, um, I have never really gotten into poetry very much. But the poetry that um, he pulls out in this book, whether it's from a medieval writer or whether it's from Lewis himself, is beautiful. And it makes me think that I need to read more poetry. And if you will allow me to, there's, there's a little section in here that, that just really like hit me. Because of the way the words flow and the, way, the emotion that's communicated through these words. Uh, okay, let me find it. This is just the beginning of a poem that Lewis had written um, because of the theme that's primarily in these first two uh, stanzas. So I'm going to read it real, real quick. Sorry. Walking today by a cottage, I shed tears when I remembered how once I had walked there with my friends who are mortal and dead. Years. Little had healed the wound that was laid bare. Out, little spear that stabs, I, fool, believed. I had outgrown the local, unique sting. I had transmuted wholly, I was deceived, into love universal, the loved thing. I see why that would hit you. Yeah. It's so, yeah. It's just so beautifully written. Just, just the flow, just, and the, it kind of explains like the roller coaster of mourning. Yeah, and and not even necessarily mourning, but the distance that the distance from grief over the years that occurs, and how well, right, like it sort of comes and goes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And when it hits you, kind of thought, oh, I didn't think I was still grieving over that. Mm -hmm. I didn't think there was still that bit of mourning. I thought I had gone through that. And, but then that last line, I'm going to pull it out again <laughs> because I love it. Into love universal, how I had transmuted wholly, yet I was deceived into love universal, the loved thing. How like the, the person especially, you know, this talks about someone who, his friend who died. He had turned it into the love that he shared for that person. He had turned to love in his life, in his outlook of life. And just how beautifully that was written in there as well. Yeah, it just makes me want to read poetry. 
No, that sounds kind of effeminate. I don't care. Um, It's not effeminate. Most of the writers of poetry were men. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But now, yeah, I guess it's just not common nowadays. Um, But it's something that I want to. And there, there was something else I was listening to, reading, I don't remember, that had mentioned um specifically for the pastor the importance of reading and the importance of reading poetry in particular um that just emphasized that if your medium if your medium for communicating the greatest story ever told is words how you ought to be a wordsmith how you ought to use words as best as you can mm-hmm. and so you ought to dig deeply into the well of the written word and especially poetry. You get the emotion, you get the tempo of words, you get the feel of certain words and how they flow together. And so it's a, it's a big, the importance of reading poetry for the pastor um, was really emphasized. And I think it was John Piper who they were talking about who had said that, which well, he makes writes sense poetry, because he yeah. is a poet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause he's written some amazing poetry as well. We have a book of his poetry that he wrote. Um, Do we? About the book of Job, yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 about Job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do have that one. That's right. But, yeah. And then he amazing. wrote the one that um, a bunch of different pastors read and recorded called The Calvinist. Yes, so that I think that's a good segue into recommendations. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I would highly recommend that. Man, that got me choked up. Yeah, yeah. When I was watching, I'm like, the stupid video. I'm <laughs> well, watching on my phone. It's and like, RC is the one that ends it. Yeah, with the perfect. Oh my like, gosh. Ending. Yeah. For him. So so good. So brace yourself, young man, young woman. Have a tissue handy. Um, because it hits hard. Because it goes through the rigors of life. Mm-hmm and walks you through that um we'll put a link in the description but it's called the calvinist it's a poem written by john piper mm-hmm. um yeah and it just talks and about it's a beautiful a christian poem but i think even just like the video that goes with it too just sort of brings it all together yeah yeah good stuff and we've got other recommendations that we've talked about already that i'll put in the in the description, but do you have any other recommendations? Oh, Planet Earth uh, 2 is on Netflix. Planet Earth 2. Yeah, Ollie and I were watching it today. There's a second Planet Earth? There is a second Planet Where Earth. Where is it? <laughs> Aliens. <laughs> no, well, when they filmed the first one, that was 10 years ago, and so they're doing it all over again with all the new technology that they have. Oh, dang. So it's absolutely gorgeous um but ollie loved it he was like oh, oh really? what's that a bug what's that like he was so <laughs> fascinated awesome. with it all it was really awesome and i just i love stuff like that so yeah watch Sweet. planet earth 2 planet earth 2 <laughs> hopefully they do a electric boogaloo a second blue earth because that would be amazing Blue Earth 2, son of Blue Earth. I'm tired. Good night. All right. Good night, guys. <laughs> if you want to reach out, you can reach out 
Twitter, Gmail, all that fun stuff. Uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say. It's been fun it going been off fun. script and just talking. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. Go talk to someone in person. What? Talk to your spouse face to face. Face to face. In Get bed. Get up in there. Brown chicken Face to face where you can smell their breath. Have fun. All right. Good night, guys. <laughs>